Hello, and welcome to the Candy Gibbs Podcast. We hope you enjoy this message. For more information about upcoming events, this podcast, and for other resources, visit candygibbs.com. So I want you to know that we are just open to whatever the Lord is going to do. And I want you to know that if the Lord shows you something or puts something on your heart that you want to share, you definitely do have the freedom to do that. Um, I want to say thank you for taking time to come because I know that you are some of the busiest people that I know and that there are lots of demands on you and lots of demands on your time and there are probably 10 other things that you feel like you need to be doing this weekend, but you're here. And I also want you to know that the Lord called you here by name and on purpose. And so I just want to ask you to try and focus in and not be thinking about that paper that you need to write or that test that's coming up or where you should be working or any of that. Because you did come, I want you to allow the Lord to do what it is that he wants to do this weekend. And I believe that he is going to use that and multiply your time so that you aren't behind in any way. Kind of the theme for our weekend is uh, out of Isaiah chapter 3. And we're going to be together as a big group four times. Um, This being our first. And the Lord is going to take us on a journey. And this is something that is a bit new to me. And just like that last song that Mallory had us sing, I want to know you more. I was thinking standing back there that I am almost 46 and I got saved when I was five. So I have known the Lord for 41 years, which is longer than all of you. And some of you added up together. And... I still have more that I want to know. No matter how long you've known him, no matter how much you've read the scripture, there is always something more. There is something deeper about who he is and what he has called us to be. And this weekend, I usually am able to several weeks in advance figure out what I want to talk about this time. It was very different. Uh, I talked to Jake and Maddie both yesterday, late afternoon, and I was not finished. Um, So some of the things that we're going to talk about this weekend are really new to me. But the Lord is showing me um, some new things about how he operates and some new things about who he is and about who we are. And something that I want to be sure and say to you is I think that sometimes we don't have a real clear picture of who he is. And as I have really prayed this week and and thinking about you, I wish that you could feel what I feel because I feel like I can feel a little bit of what his heart might feel when we view God as someone who is sort of, yeah, you know, you again. 
And we've talked about this. We've talked about your negative attitude. We've talked about that you feel lonely. We've talked about that you are uncomfortable in groups. We've talked about that you don't like sharing your faith. And, you know, okay, here we go again. He, does, he isn't like that. It is the enemy who has skewed our view of God and who he is. He gave everything that he had to purchase for you your thought life, to purchase for you a robe of righteousness that is his blood that washed you pure. And sometimes we keep running back over here and putting back on these soiled, nasty, filthy rags because that's what we feel comfortable in. How must that make him feel to know, I bought you this robe of righteousness. Why do you keep putting on those rags? I am not a slave driver. I call you my sons and daughters. Stop acting like a slave. I have given you authority to rule and reign, to enter into my courts, to plead cases before me, the one righteous judge. Why are you scared to come in the door? I purchased for you so much more than you are appropriating in your life. How must that make him feel? to know that he has called and equipped and prepared and purchased for you an incredible life that would change your world. And we leave so much of it on the table. So we're going to talk about what does it look like to enter into the courts of the Lord. How do we do that? And what happens when we get there? And the theme verse is this. This is out of Isaiah chapter 3, and this is in the Message Bible. God enters the courtroom. He takes his place at the bench. God calls the court to order. How many of you could use a little bit of order in your life right now? feels a little bit chaotic. And what this verse says is that it is God that says, order in the court. There is one qualification that qualifies us and allows us to come into the court, and that is salvation. And that is where we need to start today. I know that most of you probably have accepted Christ as your Savior, but before we take another step, I want to be sure that you know what that means and that we have all done that. Because the thing is, right at the beginning, I think that's where we start to kind of view God in a different way. It's like He's mad and angry and He had to do this because we screwed up so badly the fact of the matter is God knew how this thing was going to go before time ever began. The word says that the lamb was slain before 
the beginning of creation, right? He knew what he was getting into when he made us. And what happens is every one of us sins, and sin is anything that separates us from the presence of God. We've all done it. Every one of us has been dressed in filthy rags. And because he wants to be in relationship with you, he sent his son Jesus, and Jesus willingly laid down his life for you, and he would have done it only for you. And he purchased a lot of things, and one of those is your salvation. And that means that you will spend eternity in heaven with him. But in the meantime, that salvation should change the way that we live. It should make me stand a little bit taller, not because of who I am, but because of who he is and what he was willing to pay for me. And all I have to do to be saved is to admit I have sinned. I have done things that have separated me from the presence of God and there is nothing I can do to get myself righteous enough, pure enough, saved enough, forgiven enough, perfect enough to be back in his presence. There is nothing I can do. It took him living a perfect life, dying, giving himself for us, and being raised on the third day from the grave. My part, he has given me this gift. He has made a deposit into my account. All that we have to do is receive it. I don't have to be good enough to receive it because if I was good enough to receive it, I wouldn't have needed it. Does that make sense? It has nothing to do with me. It has everything to do with him. And so I want you to be just making sure that we have all made that decision because that is step one. He has already paid it. He did it on his own free will because he loves you and he wants relationship with you. But each one of us independently have to receive it. I want us to consider what he actually did purchase for us when he gave himself. Isaiah chapter 53. 53, I'm going to read verses 4 through 7 and then 10 through 12. <clears throat> and I want you to try and picture this, okay, as I'm reading it. Surely he has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. Yet we esteemed him stricken, smitten by God, and afflicted. But he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. Upon him was the chastisement that brought us peace. And with his wounds we are healed." All we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned everyone to his own way. And the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. He was oppressed and he was afflicted, yet he opened not his mouth. 
like a lamb that is led to the slaughter and like a sheep that before its shears is silent, so he opened not his mouth. In verse 10, yet it was the will of the Lord to crush him. He has put him to grief. When his soul makes an offering for guilt, he shall see his offspring. He shall prolong his days. The will of the Lord shall prosper in his hand. Out of the anguish of his soul, he shall see and be satisfied. By his knowledge shall the righteous one, my servant, make many to be accounted righteous, and he shall bear their iniquities. Therefore, I will divide him a portion with the many, and he shall divide the spoil with the strong, because he poured out his soul to death and was numbered with the transgressors. Yet he bore the sin of many and makes intercession for the transgressors. I want us to take account of all of those different things that Jesus accomplished on our behalf. It says that he bore all of our griefs and our sorrows. When it says that he overcame our transgressions, do you know what that word means? A transgression is like when you break a rule, okay? It's a broken law or an offense. So he bore our griefs and our sorrows. He also covered those times when we mess up and make a mistake and break a rule. It says that he did away with our iniquities. Do you know what iniquity is? It is to be grossly immoral or unfair. To be chastised, which Jesus was, means to be rebuked or reprimanded severely. And by his stripes, because he was beaten, the Bible says that he was beaten unrecognizably. His stripes healed you mentally, emotionally, physically, and spiritually. So when we take communion, which we are going to do here in just a minute, but when you take that bread, and we're talking about what happened to Jesus' body, what I want you to start to think about every time you take communion is that he bore all of my grief and my sorrows. That he covered every time that I break a rule or when I uh, don't obey. He also covered every time that I have been grossly immoral. I have been grossly immoral. He was chastised and rebuked and reprimanded severely. He was beaten beyond recognition so that I could be healed physically, emotionally, spiritually, and mentally. And it is done. And when I accept Jesus as my Savior, and then I remind myself of what he did with, for me with his body on that cross, and I take that bread, and I am saying, thank you that you bore my griefs and my sorrows. Thank you that you cover when I break the rules. Thank you that you forgive me 
because of what you did on the cross for all of those times that I am grossly immoral. Thank you that you healed me because you were beaten almost to death and you were reprimanded severely. And then I walk out of the church and I go and continue to bear my own sorrows and griefs and I continue to break the rules and I continue to be unhealthy mentally, emotionally, and spiritually and to be grossly immoral because I don't really believe that when he died on the cross, that he took care of all of that for me. And then the cup, when you take the cup in communion, it is representing Jesus' blood, which is your righteousness. It is what washes us clean. It's what gives us purity it's what allows us to put on the breastplate of righteousness, which we're going to talk about tomorrow afternoon. It is what allows him to clothe us in a robe of righteousness. And it is the spilt blood of Jesus. Something else that I think sometimes we don't know is that in a Jewish tradition, when a groom is going to choose his bride, the way that he proposes to her is not with a ring, but it is with a cup. And when he offers that bride a cup, he says, this is my proposal and I am asking you to be my bride. And if you receive that offering of wine, from him, you are accepting his proposal. So when you take that cup of wine in communion, it is quite literally Jesus saying to you, I have paid the bride price. The agreed upon price for you to be the bride of Christ was literally his life. And he made an agreement with God the Father that he would pay that for you. And he paid it. And when he offers you and says, take this cup and remember me, when we take that cup, we are literally saying, I receive your proposal. Thank you for choosing me to be your bride. And so before... We can enter into the court of the Lord, and that's what we're going to talk about for the rest of the weekend. We need to get a clear understanding of who Jesus is and what he purchased for us. And because of that exchange, who am I? And something that I think is really important and the older I get in these 46 years of learning, I'm more and more convinced how important this is. How did, how did God or Jesus create the world? With what? His word. Words, right? He spoke the world into existence. 
He breathes life into you. The only weapon that you have is your sword, which is what? The Word of God. Words are powerful. The Bible says that in your mouth is life and death. And so it is time that we stop being silent. You have to open your mouth and you have to speak out and say the word. Say the things that the Lord is speaking to you. Even if it is just to yourself, you need to stand up in your apartment, in your dorm room, in your house. You probably need to walk around, walk some steps with him and say out loud, the things that he is speaking in your heart and that you want him to do in your life because in your mouth is life and death. And we're going to talk about going into the courts of the Lord and getting some verdicts tomorrow, some declarations from him, right? My words, my decrees don't mean anything, but his mean a lot. And when I get in there into his presence and he gives me a word, I need to start speaking it out because it changes everything. So what we're going to do now is we are going to take communion and we're going to do it because we need to remind ourselves of what he did for us, who he really is and who we really are. And in just a minute, I'm going to have you go over there and get a cup and get some bread, and then you get anywhere in this room that you want to. And Mallory and Spencer are going to come back up, and I'm going to take communion like I do at my house by myself. And I'm going to make some declarations out loud. And you are welcome to go along with me and you are also welcome to make your own declarations and take it however you want to all around this room. But I want you to practice speaking the word out of your mouth and saying to God, even though it's hard for me to understand, what you did for me on the cross was bear all of my sorrows and griefs. And say it out loud to him. And let him speak to your heart. Because when I make myself vulnerable to the Lord, he shows himself to me in new ways. So I want you to go over, get you a cup, and get you a bread, or a little cracker, and spread out anywhere you want to in the room. And in just a minute, we're going to take communion together. Jesus, we thank you for what you did willingly for us on the cross. And we don't take it lightly. And we remind ourselves, God, that when you gave your body, that you bore all of our sorrows and our griefs, the things that keep us up at night, the things that we cry about that no one else knows, the things that continue to break our heart, the things that seem to go year after year after year unanswered, you covered it all when you gave your body on that cross. Thank you, God, that you bore my griefs and my sorrows. And I thank you, God, that you cover me when I break the rules. And I'm sorry, God, that I break them regularly. And I know, God, that that price was not small. 
Don't let it be small in my own life and in my own mind and my own heart when I break the rules, God. Help me remember what it cost you. But thank you that you cover the rules that I break. And God, I thank you that you cover all of my gross, immoral sin. And I'm sorry that it's so much. But I thank you that you knew we couldn't save ourselves, God. And that you didn't bat an eye to come and save us. And the strength and the love that it must have taken that we can't even begin to understand. It blows me away that you didn't even say a word. You're just amazing. And I thank you that you were strong enough and God enough to take that beating so that I could be healed. And God, we thank you for healing in our minds and in our hearts and in our emotions and in our bodies, God, from our head to our toes. Thank you for healing us in every way, even in places we don't even know we need healing. Thank you that you healed us. And God, everything that you purchased for us on that cross and you paid your very life for us, God, we don't leave anything on the table. Everything that you purchased for us, may we put it into practice in our lives, God. Thank you for giving your body for us. God, I thank you for this cup. I thank you for what it represents, your blood that purchased righteousness for us, that bought our purity, God, that washes us clean. I thank you. And I also thank you, God, that this cup speaks value. Thank you that you call us beautiful. Thank you that you call us your bride, God. Thank you for the value that you see in us when we don't see it in ourselves, God. Make me look more like the bride of Christ. Make us look more like you, God. Thank you for this cup. Thank you for the proposal. Help us, God, to walk in the value that that provides for us. Lord, we just say that we love you. pretty unfair how one-sided this whole relationship is, but I just thank you, God, for the joy that is on your face and in your eyes when you look at every one of these children of yours. I thank you for what you mean in their life. I thank you for what you're, you're doing in their lives. I thank you for who you've called them to be, God. 
but it's incredible because you create the works for us to do. You give us the talents and abilities. It's your strength. It's your wisdom. It's your spirit. It's your power. It's your forgiveness. It's your righteousness, God. It's your word that overcomes the enemy. Not any part of this depends on me. So truly, God, when I realize how weak I am, it is all about how strong you are. And so long as I keep my face turned toward you, you will overcome the enemy in my life. And you will cause me, God, to bring you glory because you love me that much. So Lord, help us to understand you. Help us to understand a little bit more about how you see us, God, and, and how to come before you, Lord, and how to enter that courtroom and come before the throne. And thank you, Jesus, for making a way for us to do that. Lord, we just ask that you would seal this time in our hearts, God. Thank you that you're speaking something new in our lives. Help us to be different this weekend. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thanks for listening to the Candy Gibbs Podcast. For more information and other resources, visit candygibbs.com.